Hello, podcast world. This is Dr. Craig Fischel, and you are listening to Dr. Craig's Council. Dr. Craig's Council will be an ongoing series where I introduce you to healthcare professionals, including myself, and we will be detailing what is hot and what is working in the world of getting you well. I am a chiropractor, and I have been practicing chiropractic in the great city of New York since 1996. I received my chiropractic doctorate from the New York Chiropractic College, which is located in Seneca Falls, New York, as well as Levittown, Long Island. I am still an active member of their alumni, and we are one of the leading chiropractic schools in the country. And I do want to share with you why I became a chiropractor. I'd love to start off um, so you can get to know me and who you're, you're listening to. Uh, with Dr. Craig and, and why I, I have a council, why I have a group of people who are trusted. And that's really how I began. I was looking for answers. I grew up 20 miles north of New York City in New City, New York, Rockland County. And like all great suburban areas, you've got fields and green grass and, of course, pollen. And every spring, my allergies would go through the roof, and I was told um, by everyone, my, my parents were told that I, I was an asthmatic. I had to avoid pollen and fresh-cut grass and dust and mites and cats and dogs and, well, pretty much everything. And that was not uh, a very good existence. Um, I was athletic, still am athletic, grew up playing every sport and had to choke down all sorts of inhalants to help me breathe. These uh, albuterol inhalers, all these different medications. And every year, as the school year would begin, we would check in with the pediatrician. He would give the physical. He would say, how's the breathing? And I would say, it's the same. And he would, of course, give me the latest and greatest, the new and improved Medication And these things were called nebulizer back in the day. Those of you who've seen this might remember the, there were pills that would get spun into the, the atomizer and you'd breathe it in. There were different uh, injectables. I went and got allergy tested for some 2,000 serums and things that they wanted to see what I reacted to. And I pretty much was told at the age of 11 and 12 that this was going to be my existence. And it didn't make a lot of sense then, and it still doesn't now, that we were being reactive. Being, being reactive to anything, especially one's health, is not a great way to go. Yet that's how I continued to live. And while there were people in my life at that time that did recommend different things, including one of our parents, uh, one of my parents' really great friends, said, you know, you should take him to a chiropractor. Now, God rest my mother's soul. It was so far and away from her understanding chiropractic at that time, and maybe even still today, was seen not only as a fringe thing, but also as someone you might see if you had back pain and the other approaches for back pain, like orthopedics and exercise and medicine and, and things like that weren't working. That's where chiropractic uh, was seen. It was a, it was a last ditch effort, not as an approach to health and wellness that it is today. And we're going to discuss that. That's the the essence of this podcast is what true health is. So I 
didn't take that advice. My mom did not. And I went through and uh, started, you know, we were told, and anyone who knows anything about asthma, we, we were told I would grow out of this. I would grow out of the asthma. Growing out of something. It's like the problem's just going to go away when I got bigger. Well, really, it didn't. I just had bigger problems. Um, so my freshman year playing college baseball, I was probably popping, taking anti-inflammatories on a daily basis for just body aches and pains. And if I had a cold or a sore throat, I would, I would take like things like Sudafed because a cold to me back then usually meant bronchitis because of my responsive breathing. I would, I would get very inflamed in my lungs and in my chest and mucus did not do well with me. So I would even have to double up on the inhaler during these times. And my daily existence was popping anti-inflammatories, cold medicine, really as almost a, a, a natural uh, response to healing. I, that was my health. That was my health and well-being at that time was to take pills. So fate intervened sometime between my freshman year and sophomore year. I played summer ball all through that summer of 1989 and in the winter of the coming year training with the baseball team indoors now if you've seen baseball in these indoor tunnels if you've ever seen an indoor batting cage it's just ongoing swing after swing after swing mixed in with going into the weight room well the overload on that on my body just buckled me to the ground one day I went to swing the bat I saw lightning bolts of pain my knees were numb, my legs were numb. I could not feel anything, but I, f I knew I had just done something to my back because I felt it pop. Went down to the training room. I was told I most likely herniated the lumbar vertebrae, the L4 disc, and I probably needed to rest. They're gonna give me a cortisone injection. I'll take some anti-inflammatories, and this was nothing new to me. I had had back pain before, but not like this. This was a real scary one. And the season was set to start three weeks into early February during the spring break. So I asked um, the orthopedic surgeon there who worked with the university what he felt about chiropractic. I knew ball players that were using it on the higher levels. A lot of pros were using it in Major League Baseball. But it was still, you know, out there. This is 1989. And the orthopedic said, you know, it can't hurt you. I said, well, that's a, that's a positive vibe. It can't hurt me. I went and received what I now know as a chiropractic adjustment. He lied me down on a table, moved some things around. I felt okay. It was true. It didn't hurt. He said, come back tomorrow. And I did. And after the second visit, I got up and I, I felt alive and electric. Like really, legs were back pain was gone. And I said, can I play ball tomorrow? And he says, you can do whatever you want, but when you're ready to get healthy, you need to come back. And I kind of tilted my head to the side and looked at this guy who was, you know, double my age and double my weight. I said, what do you mean get healthy? Um, you know, I got 6% body fat. I could run through a brick wall. Yeah, I got a little wheezing. I take a lot of medicine. He says, you know, yeah, you're taking a lot of medicine. That's what I mean. 
and you're really overloading your health, your health doesn't know what to do with it, your body doesn't know what to do with it. So when you're ready to become healthy, and I took that advice and really started to explore what health is right there. I was a biology major at the time with a minor in biology. I knew a lot about the body, but I really didn't know about how the body heals. I, everything I had learned up to that point was an outside-in approach. And from there, I, um, I apprenticed with a chiropractor and was starting to learn about the principles of healing, of the, what's now known in, to me as the above-down inside-out principle, the way healing comes from above us, through us, into our nervous system, and everything heals that way. And the chiropractor and I became really good friends. And my goal wasn't to get rid of my back pain. My goal was to get my body back to the 19 years of breakdown that I had caused it. Now imagine loading your body up with chemistries for 19 years where breakfast was fruity pebbles and dinner was chicken wings and in between there might have been Budweiser because I was a college student playing baseball. And I learned that chemistry interferes with our healing and that's one component of it. The next component I learned was there's a physical side to our health how the actual body is working, the physiology. And lastly, I learned about the emotional component. And it was amazing, because there I was doing a term paper my senior year of college on asthma, and I learned that it's, there's no known cause, therefore there's no known cure. And mostly it's inflammation and stress. And of course, stress is not only an emotional thing, it's a physical and chemical thing. And I said, you know, this sounds a lot like what I learned in chiropractic. Wow, chiropractic's pretty cool. In fact, that's a slogan in our practice. We have shirts that say chiropractic is cool. And as I walk around New York City streets, people always look at me and they go, yeah, chiropractic is cool. I love my chiropractor. Well, let's talk about chiropractic and, and, and what I have learned. Chiropractic is the science of correcting spinal subluxations, which are misalignments to the spine. Those subluxations have causes that can be physical, chemical, and emotional. In my 23 years in practice here in the great city of New York, I have come across unbelievable people who have all levels and different they're on different parts of the journey onto their health and wellness. And what I'm learning now as I practice, and it's a fun word, practice. It, it sounds like we haven't yet perfected it. True, we're experts at what we do, but the person in front of us is also teaching us in time what they need to get well. The relationship now into the medical community and the chiropractic world is beyond the level of acceptance. It's a level of integration. What we have and what a medical doctor have are congruent. If someone has high blood pressure, they might need medicine in the crisis level. If someone breaks an arm, it obviously needs to be set. And in my practice, I am not everyone's answer. I am hoping and helping that they have the right questions that give me access to the people 
or persons, including themselves, that can help answer those questions. I might receive a question in the course of my practice life where someone will say, what do you think of acupuncture? What do you think of physical therapy? What do you think of psychotherapy? What do you think of psychology? What do you think of Pilates? What do you think of yoga? What do you think of Alexander technique? What do you think of Feldenkrais technique? What do you think of fill in the blank? And my answer when I was very green a year or two, I wanted to try and help everyone with what I had until I realized I could not help everyone. And that's the essence of this council was people who I trust and ask questions of in my daily life that are part of what I will be doing when I help someone. And and a trusted person in my practice is Dr. Shannon Gulbrunson, who I will be introducing to you in our next show. And and she is my actual one-to-one coach. She's the one that I go to with questions in life, questions in practice. She herself is a chiropractor who has had multiple practices in different cities, different states, and you'll be learning from her as well. And right now, one of the things I'm working on in my own health is um, an autoimmune approach, improving my immune function, which is an exciting thing that I'm doing, which I'm actually validating with the science. Another thing I'm working on is a, a technology of brain improvement, actually improving our brain by impressing the, um, the thoughts and then actual actions to connect to those thoughts, things it's not as simple as putting out into the ether, and you'll be learning some of that work, um, what I'm doing there. So let's talk about um, some success stories and some failures as well. You know, everything in, in practice has a, the, the up and down. We've had a lot more ups, thank God, in, in the 23 years. And some of those, um, my, my favorite story was um, back in 2011, I was invited to go um, to a mission trip down to the Dominican Republic. And I, I do speak some Spanish. I can converse. I'm not fluent, but enough to do more than get by. So the Dominican Republic is on the island of Hispaniola, and they have 67 parishes, and we were seven chiropractors. It was a fact-finding mission of sorts, and the goal here was, can we help people with chiropractic in a place that doesn't know a lot about chiropractic? And why I loved... uh, going there was it it was exploratory very similar to here in the states not a lot of people know a lot about chiropractic so having less ability to communicate really allows for telling the most essential components of what's most necessary so what what occurred there is um, I'm dropped in a place and um just visualize 100 people waiting um, on a front lawn in folding chairs. And this place is called the Casa de Oración, the House of Prayer. And the woman who really was in charge of this was Sister Sor Teodora. And she went on television, local access TV, 
in Puerto Plata on a Friday night while we arrived and talked about how the doctors from America would be there to administer care. If you've got problems, come. So people came from all around. And I was um, waiting to, to take care of people. And this is what, you know, here I am in New York City off of Park Avenue. And I, I had waited for to have people waiting to get care like that for my whole life. And um, a gentleman dressed in a business suit came. He had his x-rays with him holding his x-rays in a big manila folder and there's you know people waiting behind him and he starts to tell me that he can't lift his arm and he had been to a chiropractor in Santiago near the capital in uh, the, cap the capital of the Dominican Republic and that's where he got these x-rays taken and um, the adjustment didn't, didn't work and it, it hurt him and I explained to him, listen, chiropractic always works. It always unlocks the body's ability to heal itself. And, yeah, it, it, you might not have been better from one moment, but you've had the problem most of your adult life. He had the problem for 15 years. He started off where he had trouble turning his neck, then he had trouble lifting his arm. And in essence, this, this man's, the nerves that supply his, the musculature of his arm were, were in pinned for many years and he had done the therapies and movements and um, in, in, a, in, in this group of people there weren't too many business people this, this was um, a guy of means and he traveled here you know, where some people walked and he came in and I started to um, I gave the man some what, what we call traction here in our office where I lengthened the vertebrae and I opened up the spinal column and gave some movement but I don't think it was so much the physical work that I did that really connected I, I, I think I told him what I know and, I, and that the, and the basics were, which are your brain given to you by whatever you believe creates us is going to control your healing and when you allow that to work and you just see yourself getting well and not telling me the story about what didn't work but telling me the story about what will we're going to have great success with you. And he started to move his arm after I did a little bit of light work on his, on his cervical spine, a little bit of light touch healing. And I sent him on his way, and we, we were there the next day, and he came with his mother, this man, and he says, do what you did to me to her. He says that in Spanish. Um, and I, mean, I started to laugh because, you know, he had, you know, he really was saying, hey, unlock her, unlock, give, give her the, and I said, you know, we really already have, haven't we? If you've told her what, what we need to tell her, all I get to do now is be the physical delivery, but she already has it, yeah? So that, that's one of my favorite, you know, stories is, um, is connecting on, a, on another level and another location and then coming back here to, to New York and looking at people. And I, you know, a lot of people like to tell you what didn't work when they're in front of you, what's not working. And we like to cut through that in the world of success by telling me what is working because if something's working, we want to do more of it. Uh, in fact, a lot of people that come in, we, we did a recent search of our, of our applications. We looked at um, the paperwork that everybody fills out to see how many of the people that sit down in front of us for the first time have had some form of alternative care, chiropractic care, 
And it, it turns out that the numbers line up with what's categorical in the states right now is that one out of 10 people have been to a chiropractor. Now, it's the have been part versus the are going, which is really what this medium, this podcast can really elevate because you out there listening, something I'm going to say, something I've said is going to light you up. It's going to light bulb you and you're going to say, yeah, that makes sense. I need that. I have that. I'm going to share that. And when I looked at those people that are coming again, the one out of 10 versus the nine, the nine is tremendous that we're connecting to all these new people, but it's the one that that might have missed and swung and missed or needed to start over again or needed to, they're the ones that want to tell me what's not working as much as the other nine. And I took a phone call as early as today from a gal who wanted to share a lot and I let her go. I let her talk, but she was telling me more of what wasn't working. And our first interaction is going to be about what is working and what's going to work in the future and we're going to reshape that and redefine that. Um, and, you know, sometimes we just can't help someone. It always works what we do, but sometimes, you know, that's what practice is. And I look back on um, the times where maybe I said something that rubbed someone the wrong way, and that what I learned in that practice moment was don't say so much. and Or maybe... I created um, a, a place where they didn't feel safe. You know, that's a terrible place to be in practice, where you didn't you didn't connect with someone enough that they would allow you to be the person that they trust with their health. And that's actually my favorite thing to if, if I write a thank you note with someone who sends us a gift during the holidays. I love that. You know, people they they think of us. They come in during. You know, Thanksgiving through Christmas and New Year, and they they bring us you know the chocolate that we we give away because we can't eat it, or we we share it with the practice for people who want to eat chocolate. Or the fun part of that is writing those thank you notes because it's hey, thank you for your thoughtful gift, but also thank you for trusting us with your health. Thank you for allowing us to be someone who you trust because that that's what works. And, um, in practice, when I, I sit down with our team and we go through our daily schedule, and there may be a couple of people on there who I know are very symptom-oriented. They're coming with a brokenness, and they want the brokenness, quote-unquote, fixed. I, if, if you could just get rid of my headaches, if you just get rid of my menstrual cramps, if you could just... And it's not me getting rid of anything. It's them. Their body's the one that does the healing. We're, we're just this uh, conduit, this connector. And you know, right now, the failures are less than ever in our practice. The, the people that are showing up here are, are going, um, they're already on the, the journey. Um, we, we've seen so much success. And in, in practice, while most people that are here they're telling me how if they're training for the marathon, we've got the marathon coming up here in New York in November, they're in better shape than they were a year ago when they ran it because of the care we provide. And right now in practice, um, the, the future is fantastic because it's no longer um, an acceptance. It's, it's the choice 
that people seek first when it comes to natural health and healing. Um, I was asked um, recently why chiropractic isn't so accepted. And I returned that question with a question of, why do you feel it's not accepted? I feel that it is. And they said, well, you know, the things that people say. I said, oh, the people say. And we got into that conversation. I said, who are these people? Is it true what they say? Um, I think there's naysayers, people who look to say what the negatives are more than the positives with, with any discipline. Because chiropractic is different. We don't use drugs, medications, or surgeries. Um, we focus on the power within the body that heals the body. That can be a powerful deterrent when someone isn't ready to accept that and is still looking for something quicker. And it's easy to find a detractor when you talk about the negative. And that's a fun conversation. I, um, I was telling someone recently um, why it didn't work for us when we were tenants at a certain building. And I found myself talking about the negatives. And, and what was really nice was this, this gentleman said, well, I don't know about that, you know. And he's right. He doesn't know about that. And it was a nice way of saying, hey, I'm not going to really listen to you say something bad about someone else. So let's just focus on the good. And I'm going to do the same with, with when someone says why chiropractic isn't accepted. I say, well, it depends on who's doing the accepting. We allow what we like and what we believe and what we trust. And this is not a belief system. It's scientific. The fact that the nervous system protected by the vertebrae of the spine and the skull is what's in charge of our healing. That's in the human body where the healing is housed. And that's letting that get unlocked physically, chemically, and emotionally is how we heal. So chiropractic, from your doctor here speaking, from Dr. Craig, is accepted. There is no stigma. It's an integrative model where we include the medical folk. There, there are colleagues of mine, and I, I love them, but they are adamant uh, that you know medications, medicine, medical doctors are are causing a lot of damage, and the pharmaceutical industry. And you know, it's not a big conspiracy theory, folks. If people need medicine, they're going to take medicine. If people want medicine, they're going to take medicine. And there's people to practice that, and that's okay. And I'm going to send people to get blood work. I might even recommend they use some medicines and stay on their medicines. It's in the inclusion and integration, knowing where I begin and end, and a medical physician and a hospital knowing where they begin and end, it's a great start. And knowing where we include each other and where we start the conversation, if someone's in front of me and says, I want to get off my medicine, well, we're going to find out if they can, and we're going to work with the doctors that prescribe that to ensure that they can or maybe they can't. We're going to look at everything we can in the inclusion of, of this quote-unquote alternative world, us being involved with them, because we're already including the medical world. It's, it's, it's a done deal. Medicine works. It has a place. It's not a lifestyle. Chiropractic works. It has a place. It is a lifestyle. So Obviously, if you're sitting here listening to me, you do not want to be part of a sickness industry. You might go get a vaccine at the beginning of the year. You might go get blood work. You might take an Advil or a Tylenol. 
I might advise you differently if we were in consult. I might talk to your physicians if you allowed me to. And ongoing, this is just the beginning. This is, um, this is a new age in healthcare. We're at the very, very beginning. We're in the you know, very part of the 21st century here. And I'll tell you, back in uh, the end of the 20th century, as we came into, I was in chiropractic school in 1993, and I thought in 2000, in a, mere, in a short seven years, people would know that the body has the ability to heal and that you can unlock that potential. And really, um, not a lot has changed. In fact, because there's population growth, more people are here than there were 20 years ago, um, there's more physicians, there's more hospitals, there's more medications, there's more usage of medications. That's happening. That's, that's, you're, you're in it if you're not taking approaches to become more healthy. So there is a necessary inclusion or inclusivity of the alternative practice methods. There is, that is necessary. Now, we have to address, we have to recognize that health care in the United States at this moment and now becoming a global healthcare industry, specifically here in the States, listen, we consume 75% of the world's medication prescriptions. We are, we're the drug company, we're, excuse me, the drug country. We, we um, have the biggest necessity of it. We are the marketplace for it. We advertise it and we utilize it. That's it, let's just state that fact. And that has a cost or a price tag attached to it. So as we head in, I've been watching these uh, you know, democratic debates and the, the discussion that goes on and this healthcare discussion comes up and it's just not a red blue thing for me, this is healthcare for me. But they're talking mostly about how to afford healthcare. They're not talking about how to become healthy. It's interesting and it's a challenge because if they revamp how healthcare gets paid, does that improve the health of the nation? Or does that just give more people access to hospitals, doctors, and the prescribing sickness industry? And is that necessarily a good thing or will that be a good thing for those who most need it? So population-wise, it's gonna be the same percentage of people who are current consuming the sickness and taking all those medicines, just more people will access it. That's, and we can break that down further and further, but okay. And that's typically when someone comes in here, they're coming from a, a different exchange that they've had with the healthcare providers, which is, do you take my insurance? How much is this going to cost? Am I gonna get bills? It's like cloak and dagger stuff where they get these bills in the mail. And in the world of what I call a, a practice member versus a patient, and recently, I was uh, describing um, that dialogue that we call someone in our practice a practice member. And well, what do you mean? They said, well, a patient is someone who ends up in a, uh, in a place and they may, not, not have, they may not have chosen to be there. Like, I have to go to the doctor. Oh my God, I have to go to the emergency room. I have an emergency versus I'm going to choose um, a provider that directs my body into its realization that health and healing come from within. I'm going to choose that. And when they make that choice, there's a divide that we create 
between a practice member and a patient. Now, there is a, a legal term, there's a doctor-patient relationship provided we, when you're doing your paperwork, but when, when you become that practice member, you are a part of something where it's, it's a two-way street. I can help you and you can help you, and it doesn't end when you leave here after your visit, it continues. And that's um, something that I, I'm, I'm really proud of for the people who have come here, that they've made that choice. And that divide, and, and divide's not a word I, I love because it, it sounds like there's a wall, you know? No, the divide here is you're choosing something and you always have a choice. And that's what I'm, I'm clear about with our practice members is you have a choice for your condition to see X, Y, and Z. And these are the things in 23 years that I know work. So in the time frame of what we're creating on this, um, this council, you're going to listen and, and, and hear from every single person that is making waves and m removing barriers in the world of health and healing. So I look forward for your comments. I look forward for you um, to, to tap in and use this as a resource. This is Dr. Craig Fischel, and I appreciate you listening.